Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Take us with you anywhere and download the TuneIn app for your computer or smartphone and listen to us live whenever and wherever you want. This is Jeff Johnson. Join me for the KYMN Morning Show, weekdays 6 to 9, right here on your radio station, KYMN Northfield. Together. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop, and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-334-7372. Art Zany, radio for the imagination with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Thank you so much for tuning into the show as we celebrate creating and stories. And today I am going to open up with some music. This is Harmonious Whale. They were here probably five years ago and they're coming back. So I'm excited to be able to tell you about that. That's at the Paradise Center for the Arts. But first I thought we would listen to one of their tunes. They have, apparently they did these great, what they were calling quarantini concerts, which of course they would come up something as clever and wonderful is that. Uh, They're a group out of Madison, and um, they are made up of Sims Delaney Potoff, who is the mandolin virtuoso, and vocalist Maggie Delaney Potoff, and she's extraordinary. You you will love her voice. And then Jeffo Weiss or Weiss, I'm not sure, but he's the bassist who, as they say here, dazzles and memorizes, and I would have to agree. So this song is called Perhaps, and it's a little treat for you from Harmonious Whale on Arts Any Radio. You won't admit you love me, and so... How am I ever to know? You only tell me, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. One million times I ask you, and then I ask you over again. You only answer, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. If you can't make your mind up, we'll never get started. And I don't want to wind up being hearted and broken hearted. So if you really love me, say yes. But if you don't, dear, confess. And please don't tell me, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Thank you. 
don't, dear, confess. And please don't tell me. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Quesas, quesas, quesas. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Wasn't that beautiful? What a great way to start the morning. And I have to say, I just think, and if you go to their YouTube channel, you will see that they actually recorded that again as one of their Quarantini concerts in their backyard under the oak tree. And it is, you should look up the video too, because it's a lot of fun to take a look at that. And that's the word I want to start out with today is perhaps. And I love how the word perhaps is an invitation to possibility. It's a more playful way of saying maybe. And I think it might just be your pathway into the imagination. Here are some of the synonyms I found for perhaps, possibly, perchance, maybe. This one was one of my favorites that I had never heard. Mayhap. It sounds kind of old-fashioned, but it's you know what it's saying. And peradventure. Well, I thought, well, that's a really good word. They sound like good opening to possibilities before you. So here's some things that happened to me. Perhaps, and this was, I was trying to convince my kids to come downtown, and they didn't come downtown with me. And so I told them that if you had gone downtown, you would have seen a mosaic disco horse being loaded off a truck and into its new home. They, I took pictures, so they believe me. But, I mean, you never know what you're going to find. Perhaps if you open a book, you'll connect with a character who's also the mother of boy-girl twins. Perhaps if you visit the website of one of your favorite artists, you will be inspired to pick up a sketchbook. You never know where perhaps is going to take you. So open your mind to that possibility. I think perhaps is a way of staying in the moment. I just love when she sings that it just resonated with me. And the more I listened to it, the more I loved that word, perhaps. There's so many pieces of advice now that say you need to say yes more, or just say no. And I invite you to begin with the word perhaps. I think that's a good way of leaving the door open and maybe letting yourself feel. How do you feel? Does that make you feel full of possibility? Then I say, go for it. Or if you sit in that moment and try to see how that might feel, and then you feel a little hesitation, maybe you need to figure out a way to turn it into an adventure or be okay with, not this time, perhaps next time. So maybe it's a mindset that needs to shift. I hope that you enter this space this week and um, enter your space with that heart connected to the possibilities and allow yourself to be surprised. I think perhaps gives you a moment to breathe, and perhaps it's what's been missing, perhaps. So, this is Art Zany Radio, and I'm really excited today to be able to welcome to the studio Heidi Nelson from the Paradise Center for the Arts. Welcome to Art Zany Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. It's great to be in person. Yeah. We did our last interview over the phone, so it's exciting to have you here. She is the executive director of the Paradise Center for the Arts, and we're here to talk about a preview of some of the new shows in the galleries, the 100 Club membership, which we'll tell you a little bit more about, and a concert happening tonight, Friday the 27th of August, 
uh, for Harmonious Whale. You can get more details at paradisecenterforthearts.org. And there are tickets available for that concert. There are tickets available. Yeah, it's exciting. And if people want to call, our box office is open from noon to 5 today. And so they can call 507-332-7372. Pick Perfect. up those tickets. Or you can even order them online Absolutely. in advance or at the door. Is that a possibility? Absolutely, at the door as well. So, yeah, we have a lot going on tonight at the Paradise Center for the Arts. Five o'clock starts our gallery opening. And so, as you know, and most people do, every five or six weeks, we switch over all of our gallery artwork. And so it's really exciting. We have David Cook in our Carlander Gallery. And um, wonderful. He's got three pieces of sculpture. One of them is really unique. I think you're going to absolutely love seeing that. And then, of course, his art that's hanging on the wall in the gallery. We have our members show. So in our Lois Franish used to be boardroom, now is a gallery. That was one of the COVID things we did is we switched that over to a gallery and painted it so it's fresh. And then also what used to be our gift shop is also a gallery now as well. Oh, fabulous. So, yeah, we've got member artwork, and I guess if people come in, they can even see something done by yours truly. Oh, that's exciting. Any hint what uh, medium you're using? Well, yes, I did a couple of things. So we... um, I took Julie Fockler's Paint a Portrait of Your Pet. Oh, and she so, is amazing. And she, if you don't know Julie Fockler's work, you need to look it up because she has something that she does with those animals that just brings them to life in a 3D way on a two, you know, a, 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 a canvas. blank canvas. Yeah. Yeah, she is so incredible, but she is such a great teacher. And so I took her class and painted a picture of my schnauzer, George. Oh. And so um, it's lovely. I just had a great time. And then also one of the things that we did as a as a staff, we took one of the classes that we have available right now called Wine and Wheel. Mm. Mm, I know, right? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like fun? And it's fun because it's just a one night. You get to have a little bit of wine. So maybe a little liquid courage if you needed it. And you don't have to, obviously. And then the wonderful Lucy Haas teaches you how to throw a pot. And so what she does is she gives you, I think, five different small balls of clay. And so I have wonderful paper paper clip holders that looks like a five-year-old made them but you know I had fun so that's okay I have one of those on my desk that I made when I was a kid and just there's you know it's like oh those are my fingerprints you know those are my my uh my touch made that yeah exactly so I just want you to know that it is for sale in um because most of the things in our gallery are for sale and uh, my stuff is priceless so (laughs) well it's great that you're participating in the member show and that's you have two two rooms with members work we do we do the front two rooms as you come in left and right straight ahead is david cook and then we have another gallery that most people don't really realize we have it's our little hallway the Corey lynn krieger memorial gallery and that's for only people 18 years old and younger mm-hmm. and what's really cool is that we're one of the very few art galleries that has just something separate just for young people and actually carolyn bryce has her artwork there she's from northfield Oh, I didn't recognize that she was from Northfield, but I saw a little tiny picture in the entertainment guide of her work, and I thought, now that's something I want to look at. It it, um, was very impressive. Oh, I'm so incredibly amazed about these young people. You know, my executive director office that I created after I started is on the first floor right across from that hallway, and so I get a chance to look at all of that artwork, and I just love it. Mm -hmm. I wish I had been that talented when I was young. Right, and to have a place where they can then, you know, show and you know learn about how to title a piece or you know use a use a tag or where to how to display is just invaluable it really is and what's really neat is that some of these people young people are actually selling some of their work so that's fun too for them to get to learn that process of how
how do you price something and mm-hmm. how do you go about selling? So it's really been a great way for them to learn and to grow as artists. Yeah, so that is a very big night. But I want to take a step back and maybe um, have you tell us a little bit, because the last time we visited was, I believe it was March of last year. So, (laughs) you know, we did not know what was coming. And you had just been selected as the new executive director. I think it was the night before our conversation. And it was your first day, basically, on the job when everything started shutting down. So how's your year been? Well, it's been exciting (laughs) and, you know, interesting and emotional and Mm. all of those things that all of the art centers have had to deal with. Um, We we did. We closed our doors March 16th. I was hired officially on March 19th. You and I spoke on the 20th. So, you know, of course, at that point, and I still go back and look at those funny emails that say, oh, you know, we'll be open in a few weeks. It'll be nothing. (laughs) This is no big deal. This is blow over. And so what's really been interesting is that as we've watched things unfold and and had to learn to pivot, where there are some things that were really fabulous about COVID, and that's what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, everybody looks at the negatives. But as an art center, what we learned is that we needed to be offering things virtually. Mm. So we reopened in June for our galleries, and we started doing Facebook Lives. So instead of people having to come for a gallery opening, we open at five o'clock and at five thirty, we do a Facebook live at the, at the opening night of all of our new galleries. So tonight, if people want to jump on our Facebook page, they will watch me do an interview, a Facebook live with the artists. So, oh, so it's even, even when you're back with some in-person things, you're using that, that that carried right. forward. Exactly. You know, what's really wonderful is that those are the kinds of things that now people all over the country, all over the world really can tune in. Um, we did one and I actually had some friends in France that were watching. So it's, fun to be able to think that we are reaching more people and sharing art with more people. So that has been a good thing. We also learned that we had to do more things virtually. So we have virtual art classes. That's gone really well. Kate Langlais is one of the teachers that we use. And she actually wrote a grant. And so she's offering classes to Minnesota residents for free. All you have to do is pay for your supplies or buy your own supplies. Um, and she'll go ahead and she'll teach this class virtually, which has been wonderful for her. She had a little baby right before COVID happened. So she didn't really want to be face to face either. So mm-hmm. good ways to be able to pivot during COVID. Yeah, I think there have been a lot of people who have taken that time to you know, learn new skills, try new things, branch out, stretch a little. Uh, so it's really an interesting thing that I don't think we're going to quite you know, know what, you know, the long term is until we get a little further. But it's pretty exciting that some of these these developments are opening doors that we, I mean, never, no one would have imagined. Because, too, I've also joined in, you know, with some concerts across, you know, who knows where you can go, right? Exactly. (laughs) Book book, uh, readings and things that I could never attend. And then there you are. You're you're sitting right there. Yeah, it's been really fun. So that's a good way. We had to pivot. Um, It was a little scary. Julie and I were kind of alone there for a while, just the two of us, and just because of the way that things shook out. And um, we're not techie. And we we are not ashamed to say we're not techie. (laughs) So 
we had to figure out how to do live streaming. And we were really lucky because we had a young man who came in as an unpaid intern, had already scheduled it for the summer of 2020. So he set us up with live streaming. And uh, that's a great thing. That you, yeah. There's somebody out there who knows what you don't. Exactly. You know, you just always have to ask and get the help that you need. And so that was a really wonderful thing for us to do. But we did a lot of other things during COVID. We organized our space and we painted. I got myself up on that ladder, you know, that up in the up in the air in our lobby and did some freshening up. Um, we had some fabulous donations that had happened mm. right before COVID. And so we had our upstairs hallway had never had the rubber base put on the floor. Mm. And so we had it donated um, and then actually had a parent who installed it for us. Well, then COVID happened. We couldn't have people in the building. We needed that on some of the main floor rooms, our little production office and things like that. So yours truly watched a YouTube video. You can learn anything on YouTube, Paula. <laughs> and I figured out how to put down rubber base. So, you know, just add that to my resume, right, for the next. <laughs> right. You have to adapt. <laughs> yeah, we did. And so we did a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of organizing of files, a lot of figuring out our finances. And it was kind of mm-hmm. nice, I hate to say, but without having things, shows happening every weekend, it gave us quiet time to just really think about what's important. What do we want to look like moving forward? Um, what can we afford? What can we not afford? And so that's been just incredibly, I've been so grateful for that time. I suppose because you were coming into it as the new director. And so you had fresh eyes that could take a look and say, okay, where are we and where do we want to go? And kind of take a, a reflection point. Yeah, we were really lucky that we had great, fabulous grant writing done by our past executive director, Kristen Twitchell. And she, I love her because she's helped me so much along the way. And actually even Ryan Heinrichs, you know, so it's former director, right? Yeah. You get a chance to stay in touch with those people, but we had notes from people who would just send in a small $10 donation with a little note that would say, keep going. We're so, we're, we're excited that you're going to keep going, keep those doors open. You're doing a great job. And really, you know, as you know, COVID was emotional for those of us that had to have our businesses closed. And so that kept us emotionally bolstered. You know, we really, we were so grateful for those people. Mm. And then we started something called the 100 Club. Yeah, let's talk about that because we kind of teased that at the beginning. And and, uh, that was something that probably you wouldn't have even gone forward with had you not gone through this period of time. Right. So how did that develop? What Tell folks a little bit about the 100 Club. I will. So it actually was an, I, the brainchild of Nort Johnson, who's the president of the chamber in Faribault. And Nort and um, the board of directors at the time, because Nort was the treasurer, had thought, you know, maybe what we could do is the, the mortgage and line of credit debt was about 500000 and, and that's for a, a small nonprofit. Right. That's a burden. A huge burden. You know, $5,500 a month in payments. And so what they did is they decided that they would try to raise 250000 and then ask the city if they would give the last 250000 So it was an idea that just never really came to fruition. It, you know, got talked about a lot, but nothing really happened. And then so finally, as we were kind of going through that summer of COVID, we realized we can't afford, we were really lucky that we had gotten PPP twice, Mm -hmm. actually, but we just knew that this is not sustainable Mm -hmm. and we need to be sustainable because we want the arts to to thrive. And I bet there's a lot of organizations that realize that, that they're, you know, not having classes, not having productions, you know, those, all of those things uh, really started hitting the bottom line. Absolutely, they did. And so we started to implement 
asking people, we kind of put together a little fun development committee and decided that we would call it the 100 Club. We would ask 100 people for a donation of $2,500, and that would make them lifetime members of the Paradise Center for the Arts. Their names are going to be listed on a um, program, you know, our season guide that we have also on our website. And then we're going to do a beautiful piece of art. Um, we haven't quite decided what that's going to look like that will have the names of all of the donors on it. And I have to tell you, I'm so excited because at the end of 2020, December 30th, actually, I paid off our $50,000 line of credit. Wow. Congratulations. So exciting. And had already been in um, having conversations with the city of Faribault in January. We signed the agreement. So we know that that's going to happen. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about that because I think that's something that is hard to navigate. You know, how did you know that you had, or how, what did you do to um, get get them to to actually think about that prospect of investing in the paradise well we came up with with this fund development group we kind of came up with some talking points we went before Norton and i went before um, the city council during a work session and kind of explained what it was that we were looking for and they were very receptive understanding that it's something that um and the city of Faribault had had given quite a bit of money to the Paradise Center for the Arts when they were doing the renovations in mm. 2005 and six. So before the doors opened in 2007. And so they already knew how important it was and what an economic driver the Paradise is. You know, they there were studies done, I'm sure you know this, a few years ago, that the, the financial impact of having an art center in a community can be up to $2.1 million annually. People come in, they spend their money on tickets, they buy gas, they stay overnight, they go to dinner they get up in the morning and have breakfast and then they shop and so it really is wonderful that we're keeping that going mm-hmm. in Faribault. Yeah and it has become an iconic landmark of downtown Faribault right? You, people use that as the reference point. Oh we're across from <laughs> from the paradise. Right. Or, Look for the marquee. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So we have um, we paid off that line of credit which was lovely. What a great way to start 2021 and in the next nine days we had $35,000 come in. Oh wow. I am happy to tell you that to date, we have raised 173000 Congratulations. So, thank you. Yeah, it's really wonderful. And so you're as really close to that goal. Oh, only 20 people left that we need. So if you're listening and you're thinking, I'd like to make an investment and I'd like to be a part of, you know, the future of the paradise, what, what would somebody do? Well, what I'd love for them to do if they'd like more information is they can give me a call at the Paradise Center for the Arts. Again, that number is 507-332-7372. Ask for Heidi. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions. They can also look on our website. Um, there's a little blurb there about the 100 Club. But really what's wonderful is it's a tax-deductible donation. So I know that there are people who have to take um, – Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. But if you have a financial planner, you know what it is that you have to take some of the, that money off at the end of the year. and Charitable give. deductions? Yes. No, okay. char- yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and so what's wonderful is that we're more than happy to help people navigate that. Um, but we are so appreciative because we do know that with only having those 20 left, that we are going to be able to secure this, be done. And you know what we've done? So after we paid off that line of credit, every time big chunks of money came in, we would, and even small, you know, even just one-time donations of that $2,500, we'd put that money directly on our principal. So it was lowering Mm. our interest that we're paying daily. You know, it's really scary when you look down at the bottom line and realize that we're paying $41 a day in interest. It's a lot of money. 
Yeah. It's a lot of tickets to sell right. when you think about that, think about it that way. So we, if we can do this and, and make sure, and we will do it, make sure that we are completely debt-free, we'll be able to offer free and fee-reduced programming, which it really warms my heart to think that we'll be able to do those kinds of things. And so, right, you won't have that... Uh, pressure, and you'll be able to open the doors to even more people to come yeah. in. Yeah, I think about that. You know, at the end of 2020, when we paid off that line of credit, it lowered our monthly payments to right around $3,000. $3,000 could provide a lot of programming. You know, we could do a lot of things. We had a wonderful um, Marquee Children's Theater camp, mm-hmm. a three-week camp, and then we did Beauty and the Beast Jr., and the energy of having 36 young people <laughs> in the building and listening to them sing and rehearse their lines and that's what I want to be able to do. And that was actually funded by a CMAC grant that Julie had written. But, you know, we also understand that grant funding is probably going to be less and less in the coming years. That's just part of the way that the cycle goes. And so we want to make sure that we're not relying on just grant funds. So we're hopeful that we can get that last 20 people. Wow. Who would have imagined when you started that that this would be the place you'd be in, right? Oh. Because So how did you keep positive through all of that and, and, you know, keep hopeful that that you would find a way through closing down for many months. Well, I I may be a really lucky person, but I have a very positive outlook. I'm a kind of a Pollyanna sometimes. And it's nice, Julie, um, we say that we're a yin and yang mm-hmm. because I'd be like, of course we can do that. And Julie's <laughs> always looking at the bottom line, like, have you thought about what we need to do that? So that's a good, you know, we work really well together as a team. Um, but I think really and truly it was just the support of our community. It was the people who um, came in. So one of the things we did is, you know, we opened up our galleries for people to come in and we were really limited hours in the beginning, mm-hmm. but we also opened our pottery studio and our art classrooms to people who wanted Wanted to come in and have a place and what was lovely is we we limited the number of people our art studio is large if people don't know if you look at the paradise center for the arts it really runs the span of the whole front of the building and we had some people who came regularly to our art studio our pottery studio and some of these people were older there's a woman who just turned 80 and she said that actually that sustained her she said she would have lost it during COVID if she didn't have a place to go and be creative Mm. so those are the kinds of things and the little notes that we would get from people those are the kinds of things that really really helped us to be um buoyed you know really kept our our positive attitude and kept us hopeful I'm not gonna lie there were lots of days that we would get together and we would do our Zoom, you know, little um, powwow as a staff. And somebody would get teared up. And then before you knew it, we're all crying because we're women. You know, that's just what happened. But then we would we would rally, you know, and say, OK, come on, we can do this. And mm-hmm. we helped each other. So that was good. Wow. I, I think there's so much inspiring about that story. And folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I'm Paula Granquist. I'm here with Heidi Nelson, the Executive Director of the Paradise Center for the Arts, who's sharing some of the uh, ideas and inspirations behind, behind the 100 Club, which if you're interested in joining, it sounds like you've got to get uh, thinking about that pretty quickly because those they're on limited spaces, right? They're limited spaces. And we want people to understand that this is, it's wonderful for the person who's the donor because they not only get that tax deduction, but they also become a lifetime member. You know, no more monthly notes saying, (laughs) hey, renew your membership. Mm -hmm. Um, But also that they're going to have their their names and they can actually do it in memorial of someone if they'd like to. Or just Um, their family name. Or just their family name. Exactly. And so that'll be on a piece of artwork that we're going to create for our lobby. But really just knowing in their hearts that they were they were integral in making sure that the Paradise Center for the Arts is financially sustainable. And that's really what our goal is.
Yeah. And what were some of the reasons I'm, I'm thinking about the people who did, did decide, you know, maybe they'd given in the past, but this was a stretch, right, for them to be able to move up to, to that dollar amount of 2500 yeah. What were some of the reasons that they gave or some of the, maybe you received some notes along with those donations we, that you might want to share? Yeah, we did. And it was really interesting because um, $2,500 is a lot of money. But I have to tell you, a lot of the people who donated were not the people that we had expected. Um, they mm. were the people on fixed incomes, but the people who, with their notes or who you know, brought in their donations um, to us in person and said, we know that we want the arts to be continued in our community. We understand how important it is for young people, old people, you know, for all of us to have that experience. You know, one of the things we did during COVID is we, we restructured our board of directors. And so we used a woman um, who has a company called Board Boss to kind of help us set up some committees. Oh, but, interesting. Yeah, this, is yeah. this a, um, how did you connect that or find out that that was a possibility? Um, well, I'm actually part of a group called the Minnesota Presenters Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I kind of moved myself up. I was, I'm on their board of directors. I'm the treasurer now of MPN. Um, but I just threw a, a blanket request out to those members and said, Does, has anybody worked with anyone to help restructure a board? And so it was given some really good ideas and then connected with Jennifer, who actually is right here in Northfield, which was wonderful. I mean, it kind of all circles back around. You don't realize what's in your own backyard, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the things that she tasked us to do immediately was think about what our vision and our mission was. Mm -hmm. And so we rewrote our mission statement. We had always had to look it up. You know, you have to write that in every grant. You know how that works. And now our mission statement is we welcome all people to experience the transformative power of the arts. And that really is what we want. And so understanding that the 100 Club, that's what that's what those people are doing. I saw that on your website right at the front. And it's an easy sentence to, like you said, it's, it's not a long paragraph. <laughs> right. And, you know, think about the first time that you went to a play and you were just amazed by these people on stage or the first time that you saw a live concert or saw a piece of, of artwork, visual art that really moved you. And that's the transformative power of the arts. You're never the same once you experience that. So that's what we want to provide for people. I think that's great. And that that can center your entire, you know, decision making process. And, you know, as you looked at the finance and, and who you want to bring in and how you what programming you do. Right. right. It's really phenomenal. Yeah. And I, I bet there's some lessons from uh, what you know, you've done that you might apply to lots of different nonprofit organizations who are you know, in this place again, right? Of what are we, what, are, what should we do? How do we manage this? Right. What advice would you give to someone who's out there with a nonprofit hoping to hang on? Oh, I would say ask for as much help as you can get. You know, that's the one thing. Um, I'm not afraid to ask. I'm not afraid to ask for money. I'm not afraid to ask for help. I'm not afraid to say, can somebody come in and paint? Can somebody come in and clean? Can somebody come, you know, whatever it is, or do our tech stuff that, you know, Julie and I are very good at. But what's really amazing is that when you ask people, they're so grateful that you've asked, and of course they want to help. A lot of times you just don't even realize how much somebody wants to be able to give. Um, mm. And But because no one's ever asked them, they feel like it would be too forward if they just offered their help. Or they're not sure, right? What, how can my skills be of assistance? Exactly, exactly. And But we've asked for so many different things, and we've just received an amazing amount of help. So I would say if you're a nonprofit, 
ask, first of all. And don't be afraid to ask for money. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to go to people. Even I use this example, and you know, a lot of people have a difficult time asking other people for money. I use this example. If people come to your home for dinner, and you make a beautiful dinner, and you've made a chocolate cake for dessert, and you ask, would you like some chocolate cake for dessert? And if someone says, oh, no, thank you, I'm full, or oh, no, I'm on a diet, or no, I, I don't eat sugar, or I'm gluten, gluten-free, gluten you don't take it personally. You just think, oh, well, I made the cake, but they don't, they're just not hungry, or they just don't need it, or th- whatever. And that's what I say about asking people for whatever it is. Mm. Just say, would you like to do this? Would you be able to do this? And if someone says no, then you move on to the next person. Oh, well, would you like to do, you know, you don't take it personally and you don't, you, you don't have to think about what, what people's um, plan is or what their reasons are. You just understand that you have asked. And you're offering the opportunity, but it's not necessarily a reflection of, of your relationship. It's just right. at that moment, that's not where the Exactly. For whatever reason. Right, exactly. That's really interesting. I like that chocolate cake analogy. Well, thanks. <laughs> I like to go with what I like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can understand that. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, that fun. sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> and so I think that's that's um, something that's often very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, because you, you, I think, feel like people are already doing as much as they can. But sometimes they just haven't been, like you said, that personal right. relationship. And I think you've been really connected in the Faribault community before you became the executive director. Yeah, I really was. You know, I grew up in Faribault. We moved there when I was five. The company that my dad was with then moved away when I was um, 17. I was a senior in high school, so I graduated oh. early. I know. Well, at least I didn't have to go to a new high school. Okay. But we moved um, to South Dakota, and then I moved back 20 years later. So I moved back in 2003 and threw myself into being involved in my community. So I was the chamber board chairwoman um, in 2018. I sit on the tourism commission now. Now, um, have been really involved in lots of different things, sitting in Rotary, and mm-hmm. um, I was on the Main Street board for a while. So it's been really good for me, and it's been really good for the connections. Um, I actually, ironically, am the very first executive director of the Paradise who's from Faribault. Oh. Yeah, so that's been really good. You know, it's funny because... I'll say something and I'll say to Julie, oh, yeah, I went to I went to high school with that person. So now the joke is she'll say, did you go to high school with everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) And sometimes that's the way it works. It's it's those relationships and connections. It is. And that uh, people want to feel like they are a part of something. Exactly. And, you know, that's been the one thing I think even just not having come from this kind of a background because I didn't come from arts. I was a business owner. And so realizing that it really is all about connections and relationships that you have with people and so I've gone into booking shows and and creating relationships with the people that the acts that we're booking and and trying to realize that that's how you build a really wonderful schedule and you get people to come back that that want to play and that want to be involved and also just being um, I guess out there enough to say um you know, I care about you. Please come and enjoy the arts. Be, you know, come mm-hmm. and come to a show. Come and take a class. Do those kinds of things because it's really important. But I do want to tell you that one of the people that I have, I feel like I've developed a friendship with is Sims from Harmonious Whale. Oh. Yeah, we've talked on the phone a couple of times about their show and, you know, booking their rooms and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I'm so excited because tonight when we have our our big event. So we're doing something for the current 100 club members tonight. Mm -hmm. So for any of those people who decide that they really want to come tonight to Harmonious Whale, 
they can become a member of the 100 Club. We can take that donation up until 5 o'clock today. But we're doing a special event, so we're having some food catered in and some drinks. That'll be up on the second floor for those 100 Club members and their guests. And then they'll get a chance to come into the auditorium at 6.30 rather than 7. Harmonious Whale is going to play one little song. A little special treat. Little, yep, a special <laughs> treat. We've got a couple testimonials from some young people that are going to talk about what the Paradise has meant to them, which is I'm so grateful because... That's really what we want to show pe- people is that it, it matters. You know, this the arts transforms young people, which creates better adults mm-hmm. right, in our community. So I can stand by that. That's a really important piece of being in a community together yeah. and having a way for people to express things and Absolutely. experience things. Yeah. So I think good. maybe we should play another song from Harmonious Whale. Oh, yeah. We'd love for people to hear that. <laughs> this is, uh, I picked this one because I was on their website and they, I think this was their number one song that they said. And so if you know Harmonious Whale, you might have heard this. But uh, this is what is called the... Oh, I got to click over to the other one here. Um, this is their called Moscow Nights. And this is another Quarantini concert from this year. They uh, apparently just couldn't stop playing music. So they were in their, uh, this looks like they're in their porch. And if you go to their YouTube channel, you'll see it. And what I love about the video, um, for those of you that don't know, is that Sims, uh, so well, Sims plays a mandolin. And then I got to get the, um, it's Maggie who plays percussion and vocals and she plays on a cardboard box so in this video it's it's very evident but what's fun is they switch places throughout the video so you might want to check that out again uh, this is harmonious whale and this is moscow nights one of their um, all-time most well-known songs that probably they play at most concerts so here we go harmonious whale
Folks, that was again uh, Harmonious Whale with their most popular Moscow Nights. And just a lovely sound. It's a very difficult sound to describe. And so I think it's playing their music is just what we need to do to uh, celebrate. And that's tonight, folks. So if you want tickets, you can go online, you mentioned, ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org. You can call the yep. phone number. All right, phone number is 507 332 and so that at noon, the box office opens up, so right. you could do that. and Or just come to the event tonight. The concert starts at 7.30, but if they could come to the gallery opening ahead of time, which Absolutely. is 5 to 7. Exactly. So our doors will be open, and people can come in, and they can buy tickets right at the box office. So, Are there any uh, COVID precautions people should be aware of um, with you know, are there going to be food or not food, uh, masks? Yeah, so we actually decided that we're not going to do food. We used to do gallery openings and we would have food out. And we've just decided that we're not going to do food any longer. We do have beverages, so our concessions is open. Um, and we have always just followed the CDC guidelines. So we're saying, as they are saying, masks are recommended, especially if you're not vaccinated. We would appreciate it if you wore a mask. Obviously, when you're sitting down enjoying your beverage. Um, but we also have, and I do the, the curtain speech, you know, and welcome everybody. But I always say, if you're not comfortable with where you're sitting and you see a spot that's open, feel free to move if that makes you more comfortable. So we want people to feel good and enjoy the arts. Right. It is a beautiful theater. Uh, and folks should even just look up the images because it's been restored and it, it is just an, a lovely place to spend the evening. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You know, it's been uh, the doors have been open now since 2007. So like anybody, we need to do a little redecorating and a little bit of updating. You know, one of the things that, that I hear from from people uh, quite a bit is that our acoustics aren't fabulous mm. and so you know there's a difference because we do so many things we do live performance of music and then we do theater performances and so I guess what I would like people to know is that we are working right now with an acoustic specialist who's drawing up a plan so that we can get some acoustic panels in our ceiling um, we're not exactly sure now this gentleman is this company he's doing this pro bono for us which is lovely um, one of those things you know all you have to do is ask right we right. talked about that already I'm like would you consider you know maybe <laughs> you could you know deduct your time you know mm -hmm. um, but then it's going to be a matter of paying for these and then having them installed. And so we uh, would love to have, if somebody doesn't want to maybe become a 100 club member and doesn't have $2,500, but they've got $100 that they would like to donate, they can actually give us a donation and say, I want this to go toward acoustic panels, mm. or I want this to go toward more comfortable seating. That's going to be one of the things. Or... Maybe a digital marquee. Oh, let's talk about that because <laughs> that it, it, uh, is is an iconic front, but there has to be somebody who has to go, and that's you, right? It is me. Yeah, <laughs> get on a ladder and climb up there and pop the letters out and put them back in. 
And, you know, it wasn't so bad during the wintertime last year because I could just write, stay safe. And I did it one day when the weather was pretty decent and, you know, stay healthy. And we're all in this together. And then I didn't have to change it for a while. Well, now, as you know, with things happening every single weekend, in fact, I'm wearing a T-shirt and jeans today because I'm going to go back to the Paradise and get back up on that ladder and change out our marquee for this evening. And it's difficult. You know, it's been raining the last couple of days. You can't really do that in the rain Mm. on a metal ladder. So um, I would love to have a digital marquee. I think it's one of the things that they had wanted initially. And there just wasn't enough money to do Mm -hmm. everything that they wanted to do. But we do understand that there's so much more that we could advertise. How lovely would it be to be able to see something going across the marquee that says, um, wine and wheel, you know, next Tuesday, sign up by today. Or, you know, this kid's um, marquee children's theater camp, register by such and such date or harmonious whale or right so you can promote more than just the the show and the stage but maybe you know some of the gallery events or education or guest speakers or whoever you might be have coming in and so and and then no ladder and no ladder (laughs) and it wouldn't be january and 20 below and all of a sudden heidi's (laughs) got to get up you know that was funny because when i was hired um they did put into my contract um other duties as assigned and I didn't know how many of those duties were going to be like on the ladder and scrubbing the floors. And, you yeah. know, it's not a glamorous job, but one that I love. So, And there is, right, you have to have a lot of uh, ability to d- use some elbow grease. When, and you learned how to, to put down the rubber, what did you call that? The, back? the rubber base that base. goes on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, re-waxed the floors upstairs and down and painted and all kinds of stuff. But, um, you know, those are the things that it makes you, it's just like when you redecorate your house, you know, it makes you feel good about your surroundings. But some of those things are things that I really would love people to know that if they would like to donate some money to the Paradise Center for the Arts, and they want it to be specific. They can designate. Right. They don't want it to be to go to paying our our insurance, you know, they would or regular operating costs. You know, they really want to know that what they are giving is something that they can see. It's tangible. And so, you know, acoustic panels in our in our auditorium, a digital marquee, updated seating, all things that need to happen over the next couple of years. Um, But that's a part of that, you know, becoming financially sustainable because some of those things are things that we can do once and then we won't have to think about it for 20 years. Right. And so when you came on board as the executive director and you looked at uh, these finances and, and, and looked at the building and, you know, saw how would you have sorted, how did you sort through all those priorities and think about, well, what do we do first? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, obviously we had to realize that, um, we had to think about what our programming was going to look like. And so part of the way that that works is we've always had very generous donors that have given money specifically for um, entertainment. Mm. And so it was broken down a little differently before um, into being a music sponsor or um, they called it a variety sponsor. We just decided that we were going to lump it all together and call it being an entertainment sponsor. Mm. And so we've had wonderful help from Faribault Daily News and from Crossroads Professional Group. Um, We would love to have other businesses that are interested ideally our programming costs between 70 and 80 thousand dollars a year and so that's a lot of money that goes out we're happy to pay the performers that come to our stage but if we could know that some of that cost was taken care of and that a lot of that ticket money that's coming in was money that then we could use for things that are needed um things like HVAC systems and yeah, the unglamorous, right? <laughs> Completely, you know, the things that people don't see. That was one of the things that we did this year. We had some money that was given to 
us um, by the city of Faribault. And we put in two new HVAC systems. And, you know, it was a great time to do it because one of the things that we did is we made sure that they were COVID compliant. Mm. So that actually the fan runs and it's got the UV light that helps to kill germs and, and keep us all safe and healthy. But those are the things that aren't glamorous, the things that people don't see. But yeah, so it was initially get rid of that mortgage, mm-hmm. get rid of the debt. Think about programming, get some sponsorships, some more sponsorships for programming. And then the third thing that we really haven't talked very much about is creating an endowment. Um, Paradise Center for the Arts doesn't have that. And one of the things when I started, we had gotten some money from an estate. Um, I was on the board of directors of the Paradise before I was actually hired. And so I'd heard about this from our past director. When I started, I asked the, the girls in the office, can I see that paperwork? And this is kind of one of those heartwarming stories because I mentioned that I had grown up in Faribault and the company that my dad was with moved to South Dakota. The company was Nutting Truck and Caster. And my dad's secretary's name was Mary Ellen Thomas. Well, when I saw the estate gift, the estate gift came from Mary Ellen Thomas. Oh. So it was just this little wink, you know, that was, okay, Heidi, you know, we've got your back. You know, you're, you're going to be okay. And so that was really wonderful that um, she, out of her estate, was able to help us throughout the process of COVID with some of the funds that we needed to keep us going. So all of those kinds of things, creating an endowment is the type of thing that will help us to be sustainable for years and years and years. And so we want people to think about that. We haven't done a lot um, yet to identify. If there's anybody out there who would love to tell me how their nonprofit has created an endowment, <laughs> I'm asking for help, right? <laughs> Call what, me. A, what a perfect segue, right? Because you, you know that that's not something you've done right. and you need assistance. And so like you said, ask. That was right. your first piece of advice. So yeah. here you are asking. asking. And I think that's something that, you know, uh, if you're working, the, the skills that you need to be the executive director are so vast and Really, the, the mindset of the business person that you are is you know, really beneficial to an arts organization. It has been. It's really interesting. You're right. There's so many different hats. You know, I can go from being on top of that ladder, changing the marquee, to on the roof, which I was doing <laughs> yesterday, talking to the gentleman who's making a couple little patch repairs for us, and then, you know, working on creating a contract or ordering the wine that we need for our concessions. You know, there's all these different pieces, but I think that's the reason I love my job so much. It's yeah. not, never boring. <laughs> no, I would imagine it's always changing. We should talk about, because not only tonight's events, but in the future, you've got some pretty fun things scheduled that are uh, happening. And I have to say, I saw on your website, and I love this line, and it was, um, P- uh, Par- Paradise Center for the Arts is less than an hour from three major hubs. St. Paul, Minneapolis, Mankato, and Rochester. And I've always talked about that, of, of you know, people think about going up to the cities and think nothing of it. But if they live in the cities and the idea of coming to Faribault or Northfield or Lakeville feels like, oh, where am I going? <laughs> Iowa? That's what I was here. Yeah. How far away is that? <laughs> the road is the same distance both ways. And there's a lot of great things happening. Yeah, so I love really building are. those bridges and opening people to the idea of, you know, you can go north and south 
Yeah. <laughs> the roads go both ways. Yeah, and east and west, <laughs> right. which is cool, right? So we do it. We have Church of Cash that's coming up. So we're going to be kind of quiet over Labor Day weekend. We understand this is the last hurrah for lots of families. Kids are going back to school. But then September 10th, we have Church of Cash. So that's a Johnny Cash tribute. They, yeah, they've been. And I think they've sold out all the times that yes. they've, they've come. And folks really love uh-huh. the music. And I have to say, I, I had the opportunity this past week to go back to a concert in person um, we're all masked, but it was really to hear live music again. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Amazing. Really cool. Really, really cool. And then we've got a theater production. Paradise Community Theater is doing Drop Dead. Um, Patrick Brocker is, is directing that. He's actually our board chair, so we're excited uh-huh. to support Patrick. I read a little about the play. It sounds like a real, like, humdinger <laughs> of a it's wild really show. Very funny. And Patrick <laughs> is the perfect director because he's very funny in his own right. So it's going to be wonderful for people to come. That's going to be the last couple of weekends. And then the first weekend of October, October, we have John Denver tribute on October 1. I hear he's making a comeback, and I think you're going to sell this out, so people should get their tickets now. They should get their tickets now, because honestly, people are already buying tickets to this, so we've already sold quite a few. (laughs) And then um, we have a heart tribute the next night, so Friday night is John Denver, and uh, Diana Parks is coming to do her heart tribute on Saturday. Oh, fantastic. Yes, and a beautiful voice. Yes. I, I, she, she, I believe she's been on my show. Um, just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so people should check out Paradise Center for the Arts. Dot org. Dot O-R-G. Right, and look at all those, and keep supporting the arts. Right, right, yeah. People. So we have lots of things that are on our website right now that they can look at. And just to kind of keep in mind, we're in the process right now of changing our website a little bit, so trying to make it a little bit more user-friendly. It seems like we have a lot of places that you need to click on our website to find information. So we've been working, again, one of those COVID projects, about rebuilding our website and so that's going to be launched very quickly probably within the next month so look ahead for that it's so great to be in person with you Heidi and to hear about all the things and the way that you've turned what could have been you know a a start that you never expected turned it into something amazing well thank you very much for having me I really appreciate being on your show and it's wonderful to tell people that the arts are alive and well absolutely thank you for joining me today I'm just absolutely thrilled and folks this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination I want you to keep that word perhaps in your mindset this week and see what possibilities unfold for you I hope you don't forget to add some Art Zany to your life as well and please in the meantime until next time enjoy your imagination you've been listening to art zany radio for the imagination with your host paula granquist art zany is brought to you each week by the northfield arts guild and by the paradise center for the arts in faribault check out kymnradio.net for show archives Listen to your favorite shows from your computer or download the podcasts and listen to KYMN anywhere, anytime.